What's up, Basement Lounge fans? Welcome to another installment of the VIP Table. This is our one-on-one interview show uh, every month with some very special guests. We bring someone on and we, we talk about their industry, talk about their projects, and, and get to know them a little bit more. Uh, this this month's guest, though, we don't, we don't really need to get to know her because we've gotten to know her a lot. She's been on the show twice before already. Uh, we just had her on, call into the, the Valentine's Day special we did, and we had her on as a guest during season one. And if you've, uh, if you've ever uh, endured relationship drama and needed to laugh about it, she has been one of the go-tos with her show, The Divorce Diaries. And uh, we are proud and excited to welcome back to the show, uh, as soon as I can figure out how <laughs> Zoom works here, we're bringing in Michelle Trena to the show as it loads there it goes there's a picture and there she is hot mom hot single mom shit that's what we're yes. here hashtag hot single mom shit i love it <laughs> get that trending <laughs> that's not happening here you know that yeah got cheese oh you're going full italian well, yes pecorino what kind of pecorino Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. I'm a single mom, but that's... <laughs> Making sure. You're a single Italian mom, so we got to make sure... Every, like We got a lot of stereotypes to, to fit in here. So... <laughs> no, my daughter will only eat this, um, and she'll eat, like, the pieces of it. Right, Grace? Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's what she did last week. Serious question. Is the rind of that good? Like, I know people use Parmesan rind in a lot of things. Good. It's delicious. Is it? Okay. I would eat with a cracker and yeah. some wine. Yeah, I'll oh. eat it for you right now. Look, here. Straight up on the show. Yes. I love it. My Instacart just dropped off my groceries. I have I have a chunk of Parmesan and a glass of wine and a bottle of wine in there. So, so yummy. And you get one of these. You get the strawberries with it. Really? Strawberries and cheese. Oh, oh God. I I've messed up, apparently. I've made a mistake. <laughs> this is <becoming> <laughs> this is fantastic. All right. So yeah, like I said, uh so Michelle and I met a couple of, God, it's already been a 2019 we did that. Holy crap, it's already been two years. Two years. Although this past year was is just kind of a blur. So it wasn't like a real year. No, it didn't count. It didn't count. 2020 is going to be the shortest chapter of the history books. Oh, in hundred years. It's just, it's, it's just what happened in 2020. It sucked. Everything was bad. We moved on. Um, but we met 2019 doing the dog and funny show here in Dayton over at the funny bone with, with Doug Bass and, uh, and Mike Wells and, uh, that show was so much fun because for the first time in, in, in a long career, it felt like I was doing like a, like a proper, like, like a comedy, like those, those comedy variety tours. Like you see the comedians do. It was, it was like, and, and I'm so sorry. I'm on a meeting right now, Grace, and I can't watch you right now. So this is what life's like. Cause when I was on the road with, with Doug doing that show, I didn't have the, I love my child. So don't get me wrong. Beautiful cartwheel, but like this would happen. That's our comedy. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I missed that was a fun tour. And that was Doug's like first like time on the road for that show. Um, oh, 
It was his only time on a Rodas show, but ah! Aww. Aww. I love Doug. Doug's yes, great. honey. Um, no, no, Doug had done it in LA, and what happened was he had gotten a booking with some of the Ohio funny bones, and um that was I think that was my favorite show, the one in Dayton. Really? Yeah. You're not just saying that to kiss my ass. Oh no, not at all. I'm not I'm saying that because the other, let's see, the, the first one wasn't bad. I just felt like the vibe there was better. I don't know why. Because I was there. Um. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> you know, you're right. I shouldn't just say that. It totally is about the people. Uh, you know, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. So, like, people and the relationships and how he pre- pre- like, promotes empathy. And I feel like that was a good vibe of the comics. I met you and we've stayed in touch. And I felt overall that one out of all three was the most memorable. So, hey, if it is about you, that's great. You're doing okay. something right. I'll take it. Well, what needs to happen is you need to come back and you need to do a, do a show at Wiley's because Wiley's, as far as comedy clubs go, is is like the coup de gras. I mean, that is – it's Ohio's oldest club. There's uh, You walk in and, like, Funny Bone's fine because it feels like a, a comedy venue, but, like, Wiley's has, like, this uh, – almost like a like, – like, you feel like you're home. Well, right. It's old school comedy club. It's like, it's not a, it's not a, um, and I love Funny Bone. Don't get me wrong too, because I've done Funny Bone with Divorce Diaries. It's just different. It's like, you know, I love me hula hands, but I also like my, you know, mama pop shop. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the Mm -hmm. Italian restaurant down the street. So it's a little different because you, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. I like my five guys and I like my McDonald's. So it's fine. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was great too because the first time i got to because well because we met technically the the morning before or the morning of because we we did we went you and me and doug went and did the new show that morning yes um and then we got to the we got to the venue and because i am always obscenely early to everything i do um <laughs> well, you have to tell well, well it's it's you say that except that particular one we were all there me mike doug and doug kept saying like where is michelle and michelle comes walking in gorgeous dress big old cup of coffee in her hand and was like where were you she's like well i went to get the cup of coffee because i have to say it like you do (laughs) but then i I saw the store and there were these shoes and i just had to get the shoes because they look so good with the dress and those shoes were like on sale for like 10 bucks and I could not pass that up. I know that was wrong. I should have not done the shoes. No, no but you know what? Because the deal was, because so, at first we were, I think there was kind of the air of like, are you fucking kidding me? And then you said, no, they were 10 bucks. And it was like, oh, okay. No, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is like, I also, yes, I'm making you more grated cheese. So the <laughs> I know this is my life. I, I, I brushed my hair today too, just so you know. So when people see this, you look dude, lovely. I did brush it, but this is the new look I'm going for. It's like single mom, single mom succeeding in the struggle, styling. You look lovely. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I had that show when we did the the tell the, the the morning show when I first met you. That I was in a, such a bad relationship with another guy. Oh no. Uh, well, we had ended, but then he texted me or I texted him the night before. And then right before we went on, we were texting. I was texting him in the car. So that's that's all I remember. Oh. I mean, I remember more than that. But yeah, I know. I'm so glad I'm rid of that guy. 
Yes, good. Yeah, you remember uh, relationships with those experiences, though? God, so many. I mean, I've been single for six years, but yes, I, oh, God. Oh. Technically, so have I. Like, I haven't actually been in a, in a committed relationship. Like, I think they are in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. <laughs> and I... And, and I've talked to like, I talked to my daughter about this openly. Like if someone doesn't want to be with you, you don't spend your time with them. But what bothers me is that they poke at you. You know, they're like, oh yeah, of course I want to be with you. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You know, but hmm. like, it's like tap, 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 tap. And you look behind you and you're like, where did you, remember hmm. people used to do that? Oh yeah. And then they That's wonder why you get so angry. It's exactly what it feels like. It feels like they're telling you, oh yeah, I'm here. In spirit, anyway. You know, they're not actually there. So I keep throwing across the room. <laughs> so what is because you know, twenty twenty took took a lot out of out of comedy in general, and it's it's still on the rebound a little bit. And and as somebody who has put their their whole life into this into this show into the divorce diaries, what's been what's you know, kind of like what's the last year been like with the show and kind of how, how, where is it, where is it getting to now? Okay. So, and I apologize for like moving the computer around like a crazy person, but the show, cause I was making my daughter lunch, but that's a good segue into where the show has gone and the show has gone into making a TV pilot. So I always envisioned divorce series being a television show just because I felt, or, or, uh, what it is right now, you know, a live show. But I felt like, you know, the story of my day to day needs to be told episodically because it's, it's a little like everybody has the underdog in them. Everybody has underdog moments. Right. And that's, that's to me what I am. And I'm not saying that to like self-deprecate or put myself down, but it, it's like, I, I got married. I moved away from my acting career to have this family. Cause I thought that's what I should have done. That's what you're supposed to do financially stable all these things. Then I veered off of what I really love. I didn't really, I didn't settle in with somebody that was really the love of my life. And then I got divorced and that was the, ha like, it was such a, it was like shaking a snowball. Right. And then you, you're like, I have to get out of the snowball, no matter how bad it is. If I get out of the snowball, even though it's, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I got out of the snowball broken glass and everything landed at my parents' house with my 92 year old grandmother, my handicapped dog, my twin brother lived there ever. And it was like still better than staying married. So I feel like if I could handle that, I could handle the pandemic, but the pandemic was different than a divorce because you weren't allowed to go out and do what my craft was in person. It was just weird. Right. So it was definitely scary at first. And then once I got everything under control, I did manage, like I did, did what any business person was going to do. Like they took uh, everything in, they assessed everything and figured how, how to, how to switch to this platform of virtual mm -hmm. and, and to continue to build and grow because I was never going to settle up. Like, I just can't do it right now. If now's not the time, no fucking way. Hopefully I can curse. Sorry. Uh, I, I already did. So it's fine. Okay, <laughs> so I shifted the live show in person to virtual every other week. I, I got, I tried to, I, I shouldn't say I tried to, I promoted uh, law firms to sponsor my show or divorce brands to sponsor my show for private events that worked. 
Um, and, and then the other times I just said, hey, here's a free virtual edition for anyone of my followers who wanted to click in the Zoom link. And then I also, when we could open up again, like small spaces in New Jersey, I did live outdoor shows, did two of those. And then now we're back. We're back May 8th, live in, in Broadway Comedy Club. Um, but, but also during this time frame of like, you know, what, what's going on, I just felt like I had a shift to virtual and expanding my audience and start the process of creating this pilot because I want it on a network. I, and it's, it's not about being on the network, I should say. It's about I want to expand this show so that so many people know about it and are relating to it and are, and are, and are connecting to the fight that I have for the underdog, for the single mom, for the person who, who always gets cast last, for you know, my special needs students who got used to get pushed aside, you know, when it came to certain things and, and for the women and men that get pushed aside from their exes. It's like, that's that struggle that I want to, I want to promote this, this comedic story to people on a wider range. So creating the TV pilot, here we are. So that's, I, I love that you're doing that. I, I love that you, you know, made a mountain out of a molehill with this thing. And, you know, because also like seeing how the, like taking your content over to, to TikTok and, and the, just the cleverness with the, like the day-to-day -day routines and, 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 you know, chalk, summing it up in, in 60 seconds, but just, you know, in a way that's, that's goofy and silly and, and fun and, and also just relatable too, I think, I think is the big thing. I'm glad you said relatable. That's my key is I, I want to touch other people's lives and that makes them feel like, you know, you know, The Office was a favorite show of mine in The Golden Girls. And those are two moments where I, I felt like if I'd watch an episode of those shows, I'd feel better about my life because I could relate to certain moments. And like TikTok is a great way to do that, right? You know, you see, you can connect to people on a, on a level of, you know, we're all in it together. Although I will say TikTok just recently, like, denounced one of my videos as having nudity and sexual activity and it doesn't that is that is like <laughs> tiktok's the only people who don't follow tiktok's community guidelines are tiktok like it is i don't even understand i wrote happy easter and i hopped around with a bunny and I they're like i swear half the videos on women's accounts on tiktok are videos saying my video was taken down for nudity and there's no nudity in it it's <laughs> it's like i don't know what it is that i was but I was like, damn, TikTok, this has been a great ride. Please don't hurt me now. I, but, I, I um, like to chalk it up to, it just means you're too hot for TikTok. <laughs> no, I, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think that I think that the shift, and I tend to go in different directions when I talk, so I apologize. But I, I think that overall, the overall idea is that if you love to do something so much and you know that is your craft and that's how you want to make money, figure it out because because it's a fight for it. Like that's what we do 90% of the time. Like for me, it's 80%, right? And mom being a mom is 80%. So how does that work? So I, I try to meld work and play and, and work together, even though I know you need to take aside time and just spend with your loved one. But I felt like this is great. I can work on my show. I can build more material. I, you know, I can spend more time with my daughter. I can focus on the struggles that we're having and put them out there for other people. Um, because I, I never could do that when I was teaching full time. I had to really kind of watch my back of like, well, I have to block everyone from my school districts because they might not like certain things and I don't have to do that. 
And I, I left my school district right before the pandemic really hit. Like I had given my 60 days notice in November of 2019. So February 3rd was my last day. And I was heading on a plane to Nashville to do the show there. And then March 16th, that everything went to hell. And I was like, wait, what? But if I wouldn't have left, like I would not have had the opportunity to grow. I feel like we all grew somewhat virtually, you know, we had, we had to, I mean, yeah, it was that, it was that, or life was about to get really miserable, really fast, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you've been, now you've been doing some, some crowdfunding as, as well. Right. So glad you bring that up. You're the, yeah. you're, this is why you're amazing. Um, <laughs> so I have been, so the way I can get funding for the pilot is that I chose Indiegogo campaigning, okay. um, which or it's Indiegogo campaign and you can find it on my divorce diary show website, divorcediaryshow.com. But it is a way for people to donate, get a perk if they donate. So like, you know, right now I'm doing shout outs. If they donate any certain, any, any size, right? Like size does not matter. And neither does your relationship status. Uh, <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to raise money when, when you're like, people are already struggling with money. I struggle with money, you know, but I thought to myself, it's okay. I have a network of people that are on board for the show. I'm going to put myself out there and be transparent. If they can donate, great. If they can't, great. Share it, like it, add a comment, whatever you want to do. I just want to be making people laugh. And, and here's what we need to do to get to this place. So Indiegogo has been the, the campaign website, although the campaign is up in five days. So I'm debating if I tr create a new one for production divorce diaries, or I just, or if I probably will just uh, transfer it to like a GoFundMe because GoFundMe is ongoing. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to the world of trying to fund your shit, Michelle. I mean, good I advice. know. Oh, <laughs> but you look at it like this. I think of it as this, like it is my business. So I just incorporated it. Right. Or I just made it an LLC. So oh, that I, cool. Yeah, I just did that. And, and the thing was, I should have done it a while ago, but, um, because now I'm going to be paying, like I have production call. Like, all right, we're going to put it under the company name because it makes sense. And it's also my baby. You know, I have a theater company that is an LLC for children. It's my baby, but like, that's really just focusing on its own clients right now because of divorce diaries taking over. So I was like, all right, we got to really set this up so that people are taking even more seriously. And, you know, I'm a one woman show right now. I have a creative team that's doing an amazing job, but like, it's been a grind. Like the, the message behind my show is grit and hustle and grind. And like, it is real life. Like that's the real life. That's why I feel like when I watched movies like crash, I mean, crash was certain movies and shows that had that grit in them. I liked that because they had that grit. They had to really work to get where they were, you know, like the wire. <laughs> <laughs> just as then Michelle Trainer compares her own life to the wire. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not my life is not the wire although i did teach in schools like in in the wire but the wire was very not acknowledged as the television show that it was with by any of the awards and stuff oh, like that no. oh, right God. so like and they're not the those those show, a lot of these shows that were like i'm thinking in my head were underdogs where they made it on a network you know but there's a lot of people that don't make 
that their product doesn't get there. And I don't know what, you know, whatever the reason may be. And I'm sure there's a thousand reasons why my show, you know, people can say why it's not going to be on a network right away or why it won't be, which guess what? I don't give a shit because I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep flashing my car. And this is my script. And this is how I took your note. And I came back and here we go. Here it is. I had a producer say that to me. He, he kind of called me out on my pitch. He's like, you're all over the place. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to turn it around. So I sent him my pitch deck. I sent him my, my pilot. He ripped apart my pitch deck, but he liked my script. Good. Good. And then he ripped it apart after he well, said he liked it. But, 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 <laughs> but he liked it. So yeah. like, I took the moment of him sending me the message that he read it and said it was funny. I liked it. It's not there yet, but it's, it's, you've got something. I took that as a moment of the universe, you know, my, my deceased father who's looking after me saying, keep doing what you're doing and keep it going. Don't slow down. Yeah. You can't, you can't because the moment, the moment you life will take a yard from an inch, the moment you, you give it even a little bit of a chance to impede you in any way. It's going to tenfold, you know, I mean, Rock, Rocky Balboa said, you know, nothing is going to hit you as hard as life. And that's, that's true. Nothing's going to hit. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I'm going to put that on my fucking wall today. <laughs> I love that great. I, I, I forgot about that quote. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think that, I'm my own worst enemy, right? I get in my own way. I can, I choose the wrong man or I let myself get distracted. And I started to really understand that writing the pilot and, and I'm writing like the series are, I'm writing it. I'm writing it as a series. So I'm writing, I wrote the pilot, but I'm still refining. I'm still refining, taking notes from what I got, knowing that other people are going to give me loads of notes and trying to understand my vision and my story because people are going to buy it because they're buying into me, you know? And, and, you know, I, at the end of the day, if I don't enjoy the process, then what the hell is the point? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the minute it be, the minute it feels like work, it's 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 done. I've 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 sacrificed and canceled many a project because I got to the point where I was like, it just feels like a job now. So. Right. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the here's the kicker. What if the job felt so if, so the, the goal is the job is to feel like it's not a job, right? Yeah. So your, so your everyday work should feel like, like, look, I'll show you something. This is what I write. I write every morning. I know this is crazy. I write this every morning in my notebook. <laughs> I love it. Divorce diaries on a network. And I write three times in the morning, three times, six times. Um, and then this one too, I think I wrote, I want pursuit. Oh, pursuit. Okay. That's not what I thought. I hate right. men who, who be acting like they can't chase a girl. Right. Just because they live 2,800 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hinting at, I'm hinting at somebody that I just recently talked to about. And, and he was like, we live 2,800 miles away. And I was like, and put mm -hmm. your running shoes on. Right. Get moving. So it's 2021 seriously like like there's so many it's not a it's not an inhibitance anymore guys it's it's not, not none of this whole like none of this whole yeah i wrote my i, I wrote my sweetheart a letter and i'm waiting for it for her to write me back it's like the hop on zoom and say yo oh. hey what's up what's up but I, <laughs> yeah <plan> emoji <laughs> 
<laughs> I write it every morning, every afternoon, and every night. So it was like three times, six times, and nine times. It's some, something with 2021, you're supposed to do that. Somebody told me that. I was like, all right, I'll do it. Oh. Yes, that's fine. Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate kid. Ch go ahead. You can have one bunny. This is my daughter. Hi, so you're already in. <laughs> Say hi to Mike. Hi. How much gumdrops and jelly beans? Hi. You can have two gumdrops and two jelly beans and one chocolate. Please do not do this to any, your children at home. Okay, two, two, and two. two. <laughs> She's the cutest thing in the world. She's the best, and we love your cat. We love Rosie. Yes, who is at at the door right now, sticking her paw underneath, pissed off. She can't come in here, but that's just. Aww. Well, you know, if she would quit chewing on shit, <laughs> let her come in here, or she jumps up on the shelf, looks at my, looks at you know my models, and just goes, "I'm this needs to be on the floor." So, Aww. and I'm tired of putting it back together, so she can just stay the fuck outside. It's <laughs> um, so with uh, so you so you mentioned you've got a, you've got a whole production team working with you on this thing. Okay, so I hire well, <laughs> it I I have my creative team that I brought on. That is my close like family, basically. So Doug is one of them. Um, and my friend Mark, who is close friends with Doug too. And then a longtime friend, uh, his name is Dave Schoner, who has been in the film industry since uh, for like over 30 years. And I and the thing is, I, I've known Doug since we were in high school. So Doug's a go-to. He's been working with me on Divorce Stories since it started. So Doug is an executive producer. Mark is an executive producer and Mark and I known each other through Doug and he writes, he's, he's a, you know, he's a work, he's an actor. And also he used to be on the groundlings. So, and Doug as well, but like Dave has so much uh, background in producing stuff that I asked him, I was like, would you be able like, it started off as, and he lives near me. So he's a Jersey guy. We're, we're all in it together in Jersey, except, yes. well, actually, Mark is LA based and so is Doug, but you know, we got some Jersey roots in here. Um, and they, these were people that I, I trust and that will are willing to help me. Um, and because they believe in the project. So I don't have a production. I don't have a, like a production company that's hired me to do the show. Right. I'm self-funding it. You've so got, you've, got, you've got a team of people who know you and know the product. Exactly. And then I recently had put out a, a feeler for, for a director, uh, at my alumni, uh, my alma mater. Uh, so I went to my, get my master's at, at New York University um, in educational theater. And I reached out to one of my former professors who's also heavily involved in theater in New York. And I said, look, I needed, I'm looking for a list of people. And I sent it out to Tish too. I'm looking for cinematographer. I'm looking for director. I wanted to get started to build relationships with people that had liked what I'm doing, right? And, I, and then that could, we could meld with. So I met my director, Caitlin Kemp, um, that way. She was the first, she, she responded like immediately. And I was like, hmm. And we met, uh, we met via Zoom and I really felt a good vibe. So she's the director. I mean, it, it just, I feel like it clicked instantly. Um, and I felt, I feel very confident with her and that she gets the vision. And I also felt like having a female director would be great because they're going to understand from the fact that I am a female and it's coming from my voice, you know? No, absolutely. Cause you want to make sure that whoever's, you know, in a, in a, in a situation like this, where it, where it's a, it's a personal project, but you know, the director obviously is, is someone uninvolved. 
Um, but for them to be able, we talked about relatability a little bit earlier for them to have that level of relatability because their, their job is to kind of guide the ship. So you want to make sure whoever's guiding that ship kind of knows what the hell is being talked about. And, and she's taking, like, I do everything on my own in my life. I've always booked my own jobs. I, my, you know, I have a manager right now who does help me get work, but like in the, in the past, I've just always done it myself. And this project can't just be done by myself. I can't put up a TV pilot. I can't direct it, produce it, act in it and do it. So I need a team that I can just throw things at. And Caitlin has been taking everything with production wise and getting the crew and cast. And it's, it's, it's working well. The biggest thing that I have to do right now is fund if is fundraise is, is like get people to donate to this campaign be, and so and so that's where I'm like here I'm, I'm doing that and, and when I am waking up at 5 a.m I'm writing like my artist notes my stand-up notes my going back to the series arc I'm writing and then at eight o'clock nine o'clock after my daughter started school I'm back at the grind now it's like all for the campaign to get to get funding and I know you mentioned, you know, you, you know, put, get it on a network, get it on. Are, are you thinking like network TV or are you also open to like a Netflix or a, a, a prime or something like that? And, and like, and this is the thing I got some slack by this producer too, for saying like, Hey, you, you, all you want is it to be on a network, but what do you really want? And I was like, I want to reach people. I want to reach a wider audience. I want people to know this show and have it touch their lives. So when I say network, I say network because you know, what did the office do for me? for years it was my relief and my safe place to kind of relax and unwind you know i want it on something that would just expand it and have a home for it for a long time right so live stream uh, you know netflix is immediately what i think of just because it's just, it's a, one of the largest live streaming platforms right or sorry uh, it's one of the, the largest streaming platforms comedy central um I, I think of netflix and comedy central because they have a home for comedians and that's what i am so, you know, anyone else wants to take a look? Let's talk, boo! Yeah, because Netflix just loves writing checks to comedians these days. I mean, good. I know. You did an, you did an open mic at the cellar? Okay, cool. Here's, here's $100,000 to do a special. It's fine. I know. What, what is going on? <laughs> I, I, but, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, though. Considering that Comedy Central just doesn't show stand-up anymore. I'll I don't know. It's, yeah. <laughs> They used to do every Friday night was like it was like three hours of 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 half hour specials, and Saturday yep. night they'd show like the uncensored, you know, new Titus special or something like that. Now it's like here's ten reruns of Drunk History. It's like okay, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like becoming what MTV was with music videos. <clears throat> but I I feel like there's got there's going to be so many more other platforms that come up in the next ten years, especially with this you know. The, the age of Aquarius is honestly supposed to be the expansion of digital times already more than we are now. So like I am open to so many things. I just, I, 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 I want the episodic series to grow. I want it to continue. I want it to be in, in a nice home where it flourishes and it becomes a, a legacy, you know, for, for women who are the underdog, who just can't seem to get out of their own way or catch a break, but have enough grit to pick themselves up and keep at it and not quit. So, like, so it's like, you know, you have to have that within you. My entire life has been that and, and not in a bad way. It's just like, what are you going to choose to run and cry in the bed? Yeah, sometimes I do that, but then I pick myself up and I figure it out and I go full force, you know? 
one you have to you've, you've got to be able to as much as you might love love things where they're at or be happy with where things are at you've got to be especially with what you and i do we, we're constantly looking for how to elevate things to the, to the next level because if you get once you get once it becomes monotonous you know it could be, and and that's like that's a crossroads i'm at right now because you know i've been doing this all, it'll be 16 years in october and i'm kind of looking at like where i'm at now and i'm like okay is where am i at now compared to like where i started what what's next because it you know i got to figure out you know how you know just figuring that out and so with a show like yours you know you got to think okay here's what the show has been for now you know taking it to an episodic series seems like you know like like a great logical step forward beyond have you started looking beyond that as well or is that just kind of like where your focus is right oh i always like i get vision boards out of like where do i want like couple years ago, even when I started this, it, I, <clears throat> I shouldn't even say when I started it, when I first, I think was at Caroline's with the show, I remember writing down what I envisioned long-term, right? Like I envisioned this becoming, I envisioned this as an entertainment brand. I envisioned that there's an episodic series on a network. I envisioned that it's a live comedy show that travels throughout the country. And I envision, you know, multiple smaller brands popping up from that, you know? I mean, there's, you know, there's a divorce diaries, like book, there's a, uh, coloring book for children with special needs for parents with special needs for parents who have children with special needs. Cause that's a big predominant issue too, with, with not issue, but central theme of the show is there's a lot of struggle within being a parent with a child who, you know, she doesn't have like a disability where she's like, got to have my attention 24 seven, but sometimes she does. She, you know, diagnosed with ADHD, has anxiety from a pandemic, doesn't even want to hear that label. Is she really labeled? All those things. Then when she was two, when I was getting divorced, wasn't speaking. Was it selective mutism? Was it, was it, was she on the spectrum? We had to get tested for all that, all that stuff in itself. There's not a real voice for it on, on any, on any network uh, television show. There's here and there pieces but it's not real. I look at those shows and I'm like, this ain't reality. You ain't, right. you're not sitting in the bed crying. Like, what am I doing? Because <laughs> like we had the a- ABC had that show for a couple of years called called Single Parents. Which yes, was- I didn't. I liked it a little bit, but I yeah. also felt like <laughs> it was a funny show. But I was like, because because my my mom was a single parent up until I was until she got married when I was ten. But I can still remember. It's like it's like that's not that's not being a single parent. That's, it was, it was one, it was one of those, it's, it's like a lot of sitcoms where it's, it's, this isn't how people talk. This isn't like none of these, none of these kids are realistic. The kids don't act like this. Don't talk like this. Right. Don't talk like this or act like this. There's not that sometimes, especially when you're dealing with, with comedy in, 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 in a broad network sense, a lot of times the, the realism is sacrificed for the sake of, you know, a joke or something like that. And, and finding that balance between the realism and what's funny yeah. is the struggle. So that's a good point. And that's where I trying to make it. That's why divorce series would be different because it's, there's right. a lot of improv based, even though I wrote the script out, there's a lot of improv within the structure, right? So I'll tape a recording that I have with my, I'll tape a conversation I have with my daughter, right? About like a boy liking a boy. And I, it was a, not a, not a funny conversation, but the truth of it was funny. Like, I was like, this is conversation makes no sense. Mommy, I don't want to like a boy, but, but I think you do. 
no, no, I hate like, it just, and it got really intense, but I was like, but the, but the humor in it was the, the, was the honest reaction. And you don't get that in shows like that. And then maybe it's because they're, they're, they're main, like they're streamlined networks. I don't know, but I did like single parents. I didn't watch a whole lot of it because I am a single parent and I'm working full time. <laughs> and, and I think that's the funny thing is like, well, is this, I mean, and it might have been spoken by a real single parent, but then it gets watered down and then it gets changed and shifted. My hope would be that divorce diaries would be picked up by someone that really wants to get the authenticity of my story out. Cause it's the authenticity. I think that makes stuff that, you know, people will always remember and relate back to the things that meant something to them. And, and we keep bringing up this word relatable, but if it's not relatable, it's not going to be memorable because if it's not relatable, no one's going to ever like, you know, we, we talk whenever we talk about a song that means something to us or a film, it's because in some way we related to it. You know, no, nobody's favorite film is, is Porky's because it's an unrelatable film. It's hilarious and dated in 2021. (laughs) Couldn't make that movie today, but there's nothing relatable about it. So that's why like it never comes up in like a top, top, top 10 list. We talk about top 10 raunchy comedies, but that's why people talk about the, you know, their favorite film is something like, honestly, like, like even like a bridesmaids. Right. And, and like Talladega Nights is one of my favorite comedic movies. Okay. Because yeah. I watched that over and over and over again after it was like, after it came out on video or DVD, whatever. And, um, video, listen to my old ass. Oh, talk I, about I still do it. I still do it. And you're younger than me. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, I think too, that like, if you can write a show, like again, showing my age, but if you can write a show like the golden girls and, and you can, connect to an eight-year-old like I was, I know they about middle-aged women and their sex lives, then you're like that's gold, you know? And I mean that's that's what I hope to do with divorce diaries. Like that's that's my dream. And like connecting with like my middle school students used to watch The Office. Mm-hmm. And last I mean two years ago, I remember had the kid was watching on his phone we were going to a field trip. And I was like, oh you like the office? He's like, yeah, I love the office. And I was like uh, and like all of them were like, yeah, we love the office. And they were in seventh grade. And I was like, now see, that is what I, it's because the universal theme of like reaction, natural reaction, natural, you know, feeling of like the odd ball out or, you know, being left out of a relationship. And like, that's kind of what I tried to hook in with divorce diaries, right? With like, she sticks up for that underdog, even though that people keep push, even though she keeps making her own mistakes and people keep like kind of, pushing her out of the way, she gets back in there. And then when the time gets tough, she shows up, you know, maybe she trips and shows up, but (laughs) shoes that she breaks. Yeah. But then she just goes and finds another $10 sale and gets, and gets, gets some great shoes. And, you know, (laughs) the opening scene is Doug and uh, Doug entering my apartment. Mm -hmm. And like, like he's videotaping in this, in this script the whole time. But the opening scene, or one of this, sorry, not the opening scene, scene, two scenes after, is me not having enough time, but I go and get coffee and trip on my way to get coffee. I can totally see that happening. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, but again, that's, it's, it's speaking to so many people have had, have had that experience. How many times do we show up late to work carrying the drink cup that made us late to work? I mean, it's, <laughs> 
Sometimes I call into work, guys, maybe 10 minutes late, and I walk in with a, with a, with a Coke from McDonald's. It's like, oh, that's why you were late. It's like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a buck. You know, that's what, that's what made, like, like, you know, one of my favorite sitcoms of all time is Mike and Molly because there's a lot yeah. in that show that I can relate to. Oh, yeah. People can't. And uh, same with, you know, Cheers is to me is, is, is the God tier sitcom. Um, Cheers is great. Cheers is my favorite sitcom of all time. But again, there was a relatability to that. People who were dealing with alcoholism, who could relate to Sam, who were dealing with the feeling kind of like they were the odd one out with, uh, with, with um, Shelley Long's character. I'm with Diane. Thank you. Diane. Jesus. Uh. Yeah. Like, but no, but like failed, you know, the preconceived star of their life, they thought they were going to be this winner, right? This big success and like the baseball scene with like, with love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kirstie Alley's character was like a hot mess all the time, right? Remember? Oh, God. God, I miss Kirstie <laughs> Alley. Uh, <laughs> and, and you had uh, uh, Rhea Perlman's character who you talk about failed relationships left and right. Good God. Seven different baby daddies or something. Remember oh that? <laughs> the best. Uh, Kelsey, you know, Kelsey, you know, being Norm and, you know, there's so those, those, there's so much relatability. And also for me, it was so relatable because like the best memories I have are just me and my friends at the regular bar, you know, every Friday or whatever, just dealing with life over a beer. So that's, those are the kind of things people look for. And so with a show like divorce diaries, it's, there, there's so many people who haven't felt that representation, which is a big thing nowadays with, with entertainment that, that it needs to be explored. I mean, I, I feel you on that. And I appreciate that comment because I, I want to tap so much into that with people on a, on a bigger level. And I, I think that like the dating component is a predominantly big theme for me in the show because it's a big theme in my life that I can't seem to get out of my own way. And, and I, even this last week or this last weekend, I just was sat in bed and I was like, it just happened again. And I'm writing a, I'm writing a pilot about it. And, and I was like crying because I, I just was like, is somebody else watching me go through this right now? So they can be like, shake the other person be like, you should not throw her away. But then at the same time, he was saying to me, he's like, but I'm not throwing you away. You live across the country and like, this will never work. And, and like, we weren't, we're not dating or anything, but like, we've been having really great conversation on the phone. And I mean, again, this was like a business relationship that started to kind of evolve into personal conversation too just like on advice. And then I, I started to feel like, um, okay, is something like, and he's like, Oh, uh, well, I mean, I appreciate your friendship. He's like, but you know, you live 2,800 miles away. I think I said that number a couple of times now. <laughs> clear. I'm sorry. How many miles was it? <laughs> He didn't round up. First of all, the fact that he didn't round up to 3000 tells me that there's room for growth here. Right. It's like, you know, exactly how many <laughs> miles it is. You, know, you Google search that. You know that. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, is, he found me and he wanted me to be on his podcast. And I was, and I, I actually just got to know, like, long story short, he's in the industry too. And like, we got to know each other a little bit in the last month. And like, we haven't ever met. So I could not have the same feelings if I, if I stood with him in person, but if I'm having emotional stimulation by our conversation, 
something's there. So what I basically was saying, I was like, you know, you never said anything back. You just said that you felt, you felt like I made you feel attractive and you hadn't felt that way in a long time. And he's like, well, what did you want me to say? And I was like, oh, right. Blush. <laughs> oh, that's great well for, right? the, for the record michelle you're only 620 miles away from me yeah i'm gonna take this clip and send it to me like Boop! yeah but thank saying, you like i'm just saying buddy just just saying and let me tell you something he said to me he was like it's not that you know i don't find you attractive but I said, well, I'm not asking you to like propose or even date me. I just, the fact that like you weren't, you're not even open to like connecting and talking further in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, like in other words, there's nothing we could do except continue to talk. But I think because like, I obviously think I said, I pushed him away a little bit because I got a little aggressive on the phone. I just was like calling him out on BS. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, that's BS. You're going to put a sealant on something that seems a little like we're connecting just because I live far away. He's like, well, where, what would be the future in that? He, and he's like, I'm a realist. I'm like, well, you need to really imagine us together. Not a, that's not a realist. That's the, that's the, but that is the most bullshit excuse. Some people say, sorry, it's, I'm just, I'm a realist. No, you're just an idiot. I'm sorry. Being a realist, being a realist, when you look at that and go, well, she lives exactly 2,800 miles away. How, plane tickets are how much? Oh, oh what, what's that? What's that? Zoom is free? Oh, no, that's realist thinking right there. Thank you. Mike, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is what I mean. When, and I said that. I was like, no, someone who actually is interested in me would be like, yeah, I'll figure it out. And, and like, I have a daughter here. He said, you have a daughter, you're set. I was like, okay. Oh, okay. all right. She's got a kid. That's it. She's done. No more. That's it. She's, she's set. She's set guys. Cause she has a kid because people with kids don't ever get remarried or get in other relationships or what the hell ever. My <laughs> mom didn't do it. And fine. God. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I, I honestly was so a little shocked because I felt like he wouldn't have said that, like, based off of our conversation. So I was like, what? I was like, okay. Uh, I was at, like, at, I was at least thinking he would say, I can't wait. Like, I'm supposed to be out there. I'm supposed to be in L.A. in July. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And that's where he lit. Oh, whatever. He's, he, he, he's, yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, he said. <laughs> What's going to be able to this guy? Can you say I was talking to this guy who lives in L.A.? Oh, okay, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, he. I think that, like, I think that there, he, he like, there was just a, there's a lot of men out there that don't want to do long distance. I don't want to do long distance, but if I like. 39 years of my life has been sent, spent in New Jersey and I haven't found the love of my life, the per besides my daughter, the man that's going to generate butterflies and put effort in for me. So chances are the man that is going to be with me is not in New Jersey. That's how I look at it. And you know what? I got to tell you that that's something I'm having to deal with myself too, because I look at it as I have been single since I moved here. You know, I was dating somebody when I moved here, we, we broke up not long after I got here and yeah. It's been six years now, and it's like, okay, I am still haven't found anybody. Obviously, that person is not local. Or, or 
Now, I thought I thought that there's another spin to it. Okay. Or this is what he said. I, I do kind of agree with this because today I was like, yeah, I guess I can see the point. Right. You, you have something that you need to, you have something you're working on that requires your attention to the point where a relationship is going to take from it. And I, I agree with that because any relationship I get into right now, I'll have to sacrifice divorce diaries. It just, it's just what's going to happen. Like right. I was talking to this guy late at night, he would call me or we would text and then he would call me and it was like three hour difference. So I'm up at 12 o'clock at night and I'm like, yeah, but how can I get to bed? Mm. And then I want but I wanted to talk to him. So I look at it like, well, maybe it's good that it happened because now you won't distract me. That is actually, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. That is, that is a one way to look at it for sure. That's one way to look at it. But then I cry in the fetal position because I need to be touched. And I know. Love. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a cuddle. <laughs> and I'm getting my period. So it's going to be a full blown Medusa. Oh, corny, no. Uh, Scorpio. Are you a Scorpio? Are you a Scorpio? No, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> okay, you're a Cap. Yeah. So. And let me tell you, this guy was a Scorpio too. And so I was like thinking, and, and he has my, his birthdays on my favorite number, which is four. So in my brain, I thought this is the one because oh, I make shit. up romance oh, novels in my head. My birthday is January 4th. Oh shit. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> the fact that you just agreed with me though. On this guy, you I am more in love with you than any moment ever that we've known each other because <laughs> I thought I was crazy. I was like, no. this guy's making me feel like an idiot for saying anything. And my girlfriend was like, don't push him away. And she was like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. You're gonna push him away. I was like, I don't push people, I shove them. They don't want to be around me. Bye. <laughs> I have been in that position. This is, and I tell people. Because I, I, I get that. I tell you all the time. This is what happens because I, I was raised by women until I was 10. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother until I was 10 years. It was the, I mean, I had my grandfather and some uncles, but like the main influences of my So I, I approach. I tell people it's like I'm, I'm a guy and I, I mean, I'm straight, but like I approach everything. I feel almost like from a woman's perspective, because that's all I knew during the ages of development. <laughs> so was he. That's sick. So was he, though. Oh, like so he's just an idiot. Okay, that's fine. I think I think he has his guard up because uh, he had like his, his wife cheated on him, his ex wife cheated on him. Uh, um, but I don't know. I could I could be completely wrong. I just felt really bummed out because I was like, oh, this is great because this is the first person that has really sparked my like flat flame a little bit. And he's not even like I typically wouldn't date that that the physical type. And there's no there's no look, listen. You know I like big guys, right? Yep. I've said that before. <laughs> and he's not a big guy from what i've seen so like skinny bitch okay <laughs> anybody anybody who's not as big as me is a skinny bitch so it's <laughs> he's tight like he's not skinny but he's like short and stock like not he's not stocky at all but he's like i don't know he he's not like what i probably would typically go for so <laughs> i was shocked i was like you're rejecting me I'm just does he have a big head? Is he built like a Funko Pop? Like, like what are we talking? No, about? just a tinier guy. Like he's just a, a like a. I guess he he's my ex husband was like short and not huge, so maybe he's like that. But but it didn't matter. The physical type didn't didn't matter. It was just the fact that like the emotional stimulation with our conversation was happening, and I was just so bummed out that he was like, "No, you live too far away. We can't do that like that." just to just shut it like that like just yeah he's like i friend zoned you because i kept joking around like, 
Yeah, because he kept saying our friendship, our friendship, our friendship. Right. And I, I, right? I finally said to him, I'm like, I'm sorry, but why do you keep friend zoning me? And, and he's like, huh? I was like, you keep friend zoning me. He's like, oh, do you, he's like, are you thinking about me more than a friend? I was like, well, I mean, we have emotionally stimulating conversations and I think that's a turn on. And, and he was like kind of taken aback that I kind of was open about that. Um, but then he didn't really like, after, when I brought up the fact that he didn't say anything afterwards, he just appreciated the fact that I made him feel attractive. Mm. I was, he, he's like, what do you mean? I've, I've said a thousand times how beautiful you are, sexy you are. He said, I said, yeah, you say that in the framework of us talking about business. I said, but I'm talking about our, how you're thinking about our interactions. He's like, I, you know, he made some good points. It just hurt. Cause I'm like, to shut me down like that, like it, because of the distance, it, it sucks. It does. And it's one of the, it's, 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 I was going somewhere with this and I totally lost my train of thought. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> I throw so many things out there. I, I, I can understand like, like, like being guarded, you know, you've, you've, you've been hurt by something once before you don't want it to happen again. Um, but you know what? To, I've never, I've never personally understood. I made it and I made like a big, I think I made a video about this at one point. I've never understood the argument of we, like, we can't be together because we're such good friends. It's like, I could never be with somebody that I can't be good friends with. Yeah. Like I have to like if I'm going to be with somebody oh, yeah. like I have because I'm going to be, be with this person a lot. I have yeah. to be able to like really enjoy my time with them. You and need so, to be best friends with your spouse. I'm, I'm, if, if you're yeah. not, it's not going to work. If I can't be best friends with the person I'm with, it's it's not going to last. And and that's a, to, to quote a terrible sitcom in the Big Bang Theory. You know, you can't really. Uh, you can't ruin friendship with a relationship. That's like trying to ruin a donut with chocolate sprinkles. It, <laughs> it, it, just, it doesn't make sense to me. So whenever anybody gives me that excuse of we're just too good of friends, I'm like, that, well, that, that means nothing. Like someone's not into it. And here's the thing. This guy and I aren't like good friends. Cause we have really just built where we have really just built some kind of colleagueship or friend. But my thing is, yeah, if he just if he known me for a while and was like, I just appreciate our friendship, then I'm like, oh, you're not interested in me. Yeah. We haven't met, we haven't gotten to that point where we can gauge our chemistry together in a room. But I know there's something there. So so I was like kind of surprised that he shut it down immediately because of the location. Unless he just, you know, I mean, my unless my intuition was wrong, but I could not when you vibe with a person, phone, zoom, in person, you get something from it. You feel it in your body. Absolutely. And I, and you bring up the conversation thing. That is such a huge thing for me too. I I've, I have talked to people like an online dating or been on a first date with someone. I'm like, if, if after 10 minutes, we're not like, if, if we're one wording it back to each other or trying to get a response out of you about something is, is like yanking teeth. This isn't going to work. No, and I, I give you credit. I can't do online. Day. I, I can't. Oh, it sucks. It's the worst. Never, ever do it. Don't. Oh, oh. I, I just feel like it, that's an additional task that you have to undertake. Now, I know that's how people meet. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I just feel like I can't even take on that right now. And I want to. I would love to meet someone in the freezer, but like they have to take on. A lot of the times, men don't want to take on. 
and I, I hate when people say this to me. They don't want to take on a single mom. My, my, my family has said that to me, and I'm like, well, fuck you then. I said, first of all, there's so many men and women that take on other people's children and their lives. So what's, a, what's with about me? Because I'm a comedian. You know, I do jokes about my life. That scares a lot of people off. They don't say that. But, like, this guy was like, are you going to put me in the show? And I was like, yeah. No, I didn't say that. But I was like, well, I mean, maybe. You work yourself into it. But... I hate when I get that question. They'll be like, oh, so you're a comedian. So you're going to, like, talk about me, like, on your podcast, your comedy show. And I'm like... If you do something funny, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that is the risk you are taking. And, and the thing is, the thing is, I talked with a comedian and a writer this year. We were like flirting back and forth in New York City. And then I started to fear that what if we both did each other at the same show? <laughs> so we ended up just staying friends, but I did go off on him because uh -huh. he was like, he was like slacking on the phone call mm -hmm. and he was supposed to come over and I haven't let any man into my abode, let alone been with a man since the pandemic started. And the fact that I was going to open up my doors to him and he was like falling asleep during the work week, like get out of here. And then I laid into him and I told him to go F off. Basically I said, unless you want to meet for a drink, I'm not having you at my house. You can't even, you can't even wake up in the afternoon to call me. And he apologized. And then like, we're fine. Like we talk, but like, it's never going to be in that kind of way. Because then I was setting myself up too to like bitch about him on stage. I don't want to do that. No, no. Well, this is funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there was some <laughs> funny. It's got to go. It's like if it's tragic or or, or 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 upsetting, it's like I might talk about it. I might not. If it's genuinely funny, it's going in the show. <laughs> Agreed. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are times I'll, I, I, you know, I've had exes be like, can you not talk about that on stage? I'm like, too funny. I gotta. No, sorry. It's <laughs> I won't use your name, but it's too funny. I have to. Yeah, you don't have to use anybody's name. I mean, I've, yeah. I've had, you know, I yes, and I do a, a part of my show where Michelle does her exes, and I don't use names, and that's all people need to know. You know, this is my life. People are people are very. I get it. I try to do as much self deprecation as possible because I I don't want to be. I'm just gonna make fun of everybody. But right. like you have to allow the healing through humor component, especially with mental health, is that if I'm sitting in bed and I'm upset about something and I can't get my mind off of it, of course, I'm going to write material on it because it helps me. Mm -hmm. It helps me not feel like a reject that a man in L.A. who I have never even met is rejecting me. And he initially reached out to me about a show like it. It's, it's just, and you know what? I think it's more, he's like, you have a lot of like rage inside you. I was like, okay. <laughs> Cause I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I do. Maybe I have a lot of rage about men that don't return my love. And I feel I've taken advantage of, I said, and you know what, that's not directed towards you, but, but I'm frustrated with the fact that every time I feel something for someone, they, it's like the poking, they run behind the chair and hide. And it's like, no, just kidding. I hate people. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> and yet, I still want to fucking cuddle. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Now get over here, damn it, and cuddle me and make love to me properly. <laughs> now. Now. Yes. With, with barbecue wings afterwards. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? I mean <laughs> if, we can't, if we can't eat afterwards. What's the point? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> 
I, I was I was with somebody one time. She was like, oh, God, I can't. I was like, you want to go to something? I, I can't eat after sex. Why? Then obviously I didn't do something right. <laughs> no, like that's the epitome of like, why would you not eat after sex? That's the best. Unless you're that tired. But like. I can oh. live with that. If you, if you, if you, I'm too worn out. You know what? That's that. cool. Awesome. I can <laughs> I'm popcorn. <laughs> and, and 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 maybe dance in the hallway on the way down but you know it's, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh holy shit all right michelle uh i love you and i'm i i love it when i get to talk to you i love you too best and and you're so funny um funny women are hot i don't care what anybody <laughs> says it can't be with uh, so many comics i can't be with a woman who's funnier than me why the fuck not Oh my god, Holy that's horrible! Uh, it's it's you know, male comics, you know. Well, they're afraid that they're going to be roasted, and they will. We yeah. don't even have to be comics to roast them. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I think a lot of this is they're afraid that they're going to get overshadowed, and that's just some. Oh evil. yeah. But you know, comics we're all we're all neurotic. It's fine. It, it, <laughs> it's it's kind of inherent. Um, I am. I cannot wait. I want to know everything that develops with the show as it develops and you know uh, anytime you got something that needs shared or whatever always let me know um but right now I i want you to tell the people at home who are listening where before we go into our next segment i want you to i want you to tell them where they can find you uh online they can find me on divorcediarieshow.com and that has all access to my social media the indiegogo campaign uh, my podcast, my YouTube channel, um, anything but my direct phone number. But, <laughs> but if you're keeping no, up, <laughs> firstdiaryshow.com. <laughs> uh, so, what we're going to do now is because so this show is sponsored by a company called Poddex. Poddex supplies decks of cards. Uh, for podcasters to help to help build episodes, generate interview questions, as well as a mobile app with all kinds of uh, tutorials and gear listings. And we're going to pull from one of their digital decks right now. And because we have the host of Divorce Diaries on the show, you're damn right we're pulling from the relationship deck. So, first and foremost, Michelle Trana, how long do you think it takes before you know you love someone? Oh, God. Um, what do I tell people on a date? Oh, a couple months, but in reality, like a week. <laughs> and you know why? Because I, I mean, I guess I say a week because if I've dated someone a couple of times, I know if I'm going to fall in love with them or not. And you know what? I think that's realistic. I think the people, I think a lot of the people say months or whatever, because they, I, I, like they, I don't know. There's like some stigma thing. They live like a psycho or something like that. Yeah. Stigma. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just kind of like I yeah I could pretty but yeah I've known I, I've known I was in love with people who who I hadn't dated just because I'd spent enough time with them yeah you know? absolutely I'm all for being about the uh, like real true and honest and transparent about it now like I can tell right away like I could tell that I'd fall in love with this guy mm. but I mean if his never mind ah but if his dick's too small uh, if, so, you know what not too small if it's not working properly and we need some additional help that he doesn't want to get then. I mean, I could be too wide. You don't know. I'm not going to put it all on him. I don't want to put it all on somebody. There's, there's always, remember, folks, there's three sides to every story. His side, <laughs> his side and what actually went wrong. Uh, do you do you kiss on the first date ever? Hell yeah. Absolutely. If I'm feeling the guy, poke her up, baby. I'm almost vaccinated fully on Friday. Yes. I just got my first one over the weekend. So. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. 
No, those are all about current partners. Uh, <laughs> Which I don't have any of. <laughs> don't have any of. Uh, what's, what are the most difficult topics for you to share with, with a partner? Oh, gosh. That's a good one. Difficult topics. Um, well, I guess it's what are we doing? Because that's always been a, like, are we going like, to, it's not that it's difficult. I'm always afraid that they're going to say, well, I'm not looking for anything serious. So commitment, um, commitment in a real level, not funny joking around about it, but commitment, commitment. And, um, Oh God, I guess their number. Oh, getting tested. Oh yeah. That's a good one. That's getting tested. One. STD stuff. Oh, yeah. I hate having that conversation. Cause I want to know like, when was your last test? Yeah. But my last girlfriend wanted me to get tested. I was like, all right, I have insurance. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I, I get tested through for every, every time I change partners or like when my last guy that I was with, it was like every six months. Cause I couldn't tell if he was lying or not about his ex-wife. Well, she wasn't his ex-wife. So go figure. So I would bug out, but go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No. And that, so those two things, I think it's like, you know, you know, are you, you know, what's going on? Are you like, when was your last test? And I never end up, <clears throat> I'm always afraid to ask, but I'm always like, you have a condom, you have a condom, you have a condom, you know? And it's like, it's, it's, but it's anxiety for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and the commitment, I don't know which one is more anxiety. What is this, this isn't from the, this isn't from the card, but like, what, what is, what does commitment mean for you? Like in a um, relationship, like what's, what's commitment? Putting in effort and being there, being yeah. at my show, calling me, texting me throughout the day, checking in, but not being overly, you know, on top of me, just checking in and being sincere about it. Like I just, and I have not had that. I just don't think like every person I've been with has been like all over the place. That's they can't, you can't have that. You can't have that, which kind of leads into how, how do you know your relationship is over? When they've blocked me. That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I know it's over uh, when there's the communication stops. And I don't like to admit that because um, then it, it hurts. It hurts bad. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's do, let's do two more here. Um, what do you, what is the best way to earn trust in a relationship? By showing up showing up and not being uh showing up you're putting in effort you're calling you're texting and you're not acting shady you know like you're just transparent i think i think it's also a vibe you have i think if you can tell when you talk like i could tell you're a trustworthy person you know if if guys are constantly on their phone on a date or they're forgetting to text you or forgetting to call you and they make excuses that they're working. No, I mean, I think, I think showing up and putting an effort are two huge things. The second they give you something to question or, or turn around and like scratch your head, that's a bad sign. And many of them do that. So it's scary. Yeah. The phone Present thing. company excluded. <laughs> the phone thing, especially it irks me. Cause it'll be like, you text, I'll, I'll you know, I'll text an action. He's like, sorry, I didn't have my phone on me. Every time I'm with you, that thing is fucking glued to your hand. <laughs> so why is it when I want to talk to you suddenly on oh, no, my phone on me? Bullshit. <laughs> every single time. Every guy has said it to me or they're working. Mm -hmm. If you're on set 
and and you are posting on your Instagram story, but I've texted you and you haven't responded. Oh yeah. yeah don't think I won't check that shit. <laughs> and, the th- right? and the thing is, they see me joke about it and they still do it. <laughs> God. I love your guy laugh. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inside that booty. That's what one of my exes said to me when he texted me on New Year's. I texted him New Year's Eve, like a lonely person that I was feeling sad. And I was like, hi. And we keep, sorry, I'm getting the sun out of my eyes. So he, he sent me a message the next day. He's like, I need my bollocks licked. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, is this how we're starting off 2021, Michelle? We're still engaging with your ex. And so my ex problems with that. So many problems with that. (laughs) Yeah. So I said to him, I said, I, I, I just want you a part of my life. And he's like, like inside that booty. So I did a bit about it. I don't, I don't know if he's mad about that or not, but. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, he really said that to me and I was like, okay, that's a pretty funny line. I mean, God damn. He just posts pictures of himself with his Jordans or with his cigars or his backyard. And like his face is cut off, like just to show his eye that he's out with people. So annoying. I mean, he was like, I, I dated him for like six or seven months back in like 2015, 2016. That was the longest real relationship I've had since divorce. The other relationship I had was with somebody who I was hiding because he wasn't not, he was married. And I'm so embarrassed by that. But like, it's the truth. Like I wanted to believe that he was going to get divorced and get separated. He was just staying for the kids. He was just a lie. But I wasn't out in the open with him. So how, how could I believe that? It was just a bad, bad that was a very bad situation for me. And, and that, and that way took that took up a year and a half of my life. So, I mean, I prevented myself from meeting somebody really great. And then the guy before that was a, another cop who did the same kind of shit as the other cop did, which not all cops are bad by any means, but the two that I were dating were clearly not about commitment or sobriety. Mm. <sighs> Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. All right, one last one. Um, what's one thing about love and relationships that scares you? Getting uh, out of love, falling out of love. Really? Yeah, I'm scared of that. I'm scared of that actually happening. It happens in my marriage. Um, it happened in my relationship before I got married, and I just didn't realize it. What do you think? What do you think causes people? not even necessarily you, just in people in general, to fall out of love with someone? I don't think there was room for it to grow in the first place. Really? Yeah, I think that, and sometimes there is, and sometimes you grow apart. I think that's what happened. I think that, though, essentially, there was a lot of red flags in the very beginning that I didn't take. And I just should have, I, and, I, and I changed a lot about myself. I think that there's, a, there's a different, there's factors that are involved in that that are different for every situation. I think it growth is one thing. I think if you change something about yourself and you suppress it, that's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And, you know, and sometimes there's no like specific, maybe sometimes it's a combination of things, you know, mental health is a huge part. That's for sure. If someone doesn't get take, if someone doesn't get their mental health in check. Oh yeah. You know, like, that is a big part. And, and like, and that's for men or women, like, you know, making sure that you're your best self at all times and, and, and really working on yourself. Meanwhile, I rage text people. <laughs> Just you me right now. What? I don't care. 
with your with your marriage you know I, I i just thought of something so like you know and you mentioned like when you got married like you you put like you know performing on hold to to you know go start a family and all that do you th- and so do you do you want ever wonder do you think that like getting into you know growing apart and, and the falling out of love thing do you ever think that maybe subconsciously there was like resentment under the surface um oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah i think that it wasn't his pr- he didn't say go ahead and stop acting full-time but i knew that deep down like my choice of leaving full-time and to teach full-time and not worry about money and be in one place at a time and and you know he i don't think he was super comfortable if i got a part that i had to make out the guy like i think i think it, it was definitely the suppression and every time i suppressed it there was a, a like a, a, a the lava was ready gonna bit it pop up like that right so when i started teaching in trenton um i had met somebody who i worked with that i was very attracted to and that's when the suppression started to bubble up because i couldn't contain myself anymore it wasn't that i had an affair with the guy or anything like that it just was like my true self was like coming out more and i was like what happened to me and and i couldn't hide it i really i just couldn't suppress anything anymore and make myself feel guilty for being who I was because it wasn't right if I was, you know, with somebody else and having guy friends and all this other bullshit that I was telling myself, which was stupid, you know? And then you feel like you, if you feel like you're, it, it, it builds, it builds that pressure and you know, with, with any pressure sooner or later, if you let it yeah. go too long, then that's when real mistakes get made or yeah, and I could have, I could have cheated on him and that, that I did not want to do. I did I didn't want to cheat on my husband. You know, that was a big thing. Like no matter how much you don't like love somebody anymore, you're not in love or how much angst you have towards each other. I didn't want to do that, obviously. So that's why I got out. That that's a big main reason because I thought I'm never going to be happy fully. I'm not going to be happy in this relationship. And he blamed me. He's like, we just got married. Like, we were married five and a half years, but it happened pretty quickly of how I felt, but I suppressed it. And I tried, we went to therapist. We had a baby, <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of stuff happened, which was great that we had a baby. I mean, it did actually subside for a while when I had, when I had my daughter, when I was pregnant, but it comes to light. Your issues come to light when you bring a child into it. You know, you, you, you see the other person, you see things that you're like, Oh, you know, especially because now you've got, and I, I can't, I'm, a, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to any of this, but it, you know, you've got another whole person you're now responsible for who's their well being. You are, you are not solely, there's two parents involved, but you know, more or less solely responsible for that you have to take into account with, with, you know, the decisions you make then. Absolutely. And, 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 and then you start to realize like, this is what my life's going to be. No, I didn't want to be unhappy. I, I didn't want either of us to be unhappy and angry. That wouldn't have done anything good for our child, you know? So, and, and he has a girlfriend and stuff now. Like it's, we're on a better place. And, I think, and that's, that's, that's that light at the end of the tunnel is did things improve? Did things get better? Are you happier? I'm definitely happier yeah. and things definitely improved. I'm, de- you know what, why I'm happier? I miss not having like the love of my life, you know, ha- having a partner. It's about being myself. I'm, I live every day me, mm. you know, and I think that that's, that's the best thing you could give yourself. Be who you are. Like someone asked me on another podcast or like what well, some people lose their identity in divorce. I was like, you know what? I got my identity back. 
because of divorce. That is a on it. That is an amazing way to look at it. And I cannot think of a better way to, to, to a better line to wrap this thing up on with you, Michelle. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens next with the show and with you. And I'm always, like I'm always like Mike Wells is coming over tonight and we're always talking about when we did the funny bone show. He's always, you know, he's always asking how you're doing and, and I love getting to brag about how things are going with you when you were doing the outdoor shows during COVID and all that. So, well, I love you. I think you're amazing and wonderful and you're spreading humor and cheer throughout the world. And I'm going to be in Ohio at funny stop on uh, July 15th. Make sure that's not one of my vacation. <laughs> yeah and and doug's coming doug's gonna be there too so Yay. me and him we're doing divorce diaries baby yeah funny stop awesome well i hope i i'm i'm, I'm going to take time off work to to make sure yeah. i'm working on wiley's i'm on my manager call them because we want to try to do a couple of spots while we go to yeah. la in july too yes. thank you so much mike for having me thank you so much for coming on and i i can't wait to like i said i can't wait to see what happens next and uh, tell everybody one more time where they can find you. Sure. You can find me divorcediarieshow.com. We're all social media, Divorce Diary Show, all day, every day. And it's Michelle with one L, people. Yes. <laughs> one L, baby. And it's train uh. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Thank you, Mike. Michelle you gotta do that. Uh, my it's Michelle Trainer, right? No, train, tra oh Jesus! Okay, okay. <laughs> that is awesome. You have to, you have to record that for me and do it for something I record, like for one of my videos, because that's amazing. All right, we. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna let Michelle go grate some more cheese, um, and and eat it with her strawberries, because I guess that's a thing. And <laughs> and uh, with that being said, Michelle, uh, thanks again, and I'm gonna we'll talk to you again soon. I'm like, thank you. Bye, Michelle. And with that, guys, that is the VIP table for this month with Michelle Trena. Love that woman with all my heart. You guys, make sure you check out the Divorce Diaries, divorcediarieshow.com. You can check out more about this show. We got a brand new website now, tblpod.net. That's tblpod.net. Make sure you guys also head on over to poddex.com and uh, check out everything they have going on there. And you can use the code TBL10, TBL10 to get 10% off your order at checkout. And also, remember guys, if you, wanna, if you have a podcast of your own, and you want to get an awesome website for it, just go to podpage.com and you can use the link down in the description and make that happen. We'll see you guys again next month. I was a burp in the microphone for another uh, VIP table. Who knows what we're going to get? We're, we're, I love doing the interviews, but you know, we're going we're gonna to get some. We've had Adam Mara. We've had Michelle Trana. Who the hell knows what we're going to get next? But keep on keep on supporting the Patreon if you are. If you're not, head over to patreon.com slash tbl underscore pod. $3 a month join our VIP section and uh, get access to cool stuff like this and a whole lot more. My name is Mike Shea. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Shea. Follow Mike Wells on Twitter and Instagram at, at MikeWTFWells. And we will see you guys next time. As always, live well, rock on, take care, and bye-bye.